0: From the 50, midweek edition. Hello, everybody, and welcome in on back to the From the 50 midweek review. I am your host, Zach Zook. We got Nicholas Tolly, my co-host producer. I don't even know what to call you anymore because you're virtually a co-host, <laughs> but you also produce the show. You do a lot. You're a man of many hats. And today we got a special episode because we got the official Nicholas Tolly mock draft.
1: This is my first ever mock draft that I've ever done.
0: Yeah, so this will be fun. You can publish it online, and <laughs> uh, it'll, it'll be great. Uh, we are presented by Book it Sports. Head on over to Book it Sports and download the Book it Sports app. Uh, you, I, I'm sure that do they have draft props over there, Nick. I'm not entirely sure if they do. I know that that's a popular gambling thing, um, but not sure if you can bet on the, the draft position over at Book It. Do you know if you can? I do not know yet. Well, regardless, head on over to Book It Sports. You can gamble on. We got playoff basketball, playoff hockey coming up, baseball finally getting into full swing. I feel like the hot gambling months for baseball are in this like first third of the season because everybody's so jazzed for baseball to be back and for uh the sport to be going on. Then about like July, it's like the, the true baseball guys are still around, but everybody else is like ah. I'm going to watch the PGA tour or <laughs> catch up on non-sports TV shows. So, but uh, head on over to the Booked sports app. Those guys are doing a great job. They got a lot of really cool stuff coming. Um, you, you should also follow shameless plug from my man, Nick Yale. Follow him on like all his social channels, uh, Twitter, Instagram. He's always posting and promoting all the different stuff that uh, the Booked sports app is doing and releasing and updating. So he's a great point man uh, to follow on social media. We are also brought to you by Aces Wild. Head on over to 208 North Main Street in Columbia, Illinois. You do have to cross the river, but I promise it's worth it. They got darts, they got TV, they got cold beer, they got good times and good vibes. So head on over to 208 North Main Street in Columbia, Illinois and check out Aces Wild. Um, Great weekend spot, Tolly. Great weekend spot. Also good happy hour spot. I mean, anytime really you want to blow off steam, Aces Wild is the place for you. So... Let's get to our first story. We got a couple. We, we got really one story, but and then we're going to do the mock draft. So this will be a shorter episode today. But Tali, you had seen something on the interwebs that I that somehow missed my uh, my my eyes here, and it has to do with my team too. So could you outline for the audience a, what a what what a little birdie, a little
1: blue birdie on your phone told you? So there were a couple pictures posted. I assume this is from somebody that's kind of like a custodian. They were cleaning. Someone from the Packers front office was out of the was out of there at the time, so they started taking some pictures of some paperwork that was sitting there. And there was a sheet that made note to a possible draft night trade with the Patriots and the Packers.
0: All right. So all I have to say about that is loose lips sink ships, (laughs) and as an organization. And a community in Green Bay. I'm disappointed, first of all, okay? Just as a fan of the Packers and a fan of the community. This is a community and a fan base that shovels the snow in the stadium voluntarily. They line up with shovels at like 8 in the morning to shovel the stadium on game day. Are not you part owner, too? No, I'm not a part owner. They haven't put shares on sale since like 2007 or something like that. Like, they're only put... It's a it's a it's a very tough thing to become an owner, but I'm looking into it. Um, That's what I'll say. I'll, I'm looking into it. My <laughs> right. people are looking into
1: it. Yeah, so <laughs> the possible trade would be the Patriots trading down from 15 and they would require acquire Jordan Love, the 29th overall pick and a fourth round pick, which is 142 overall. And the Packers would get the 15th pick 15th that's it 15th
0: overall pick so first of all from the pictures I saw it looks totally legit like the paper like I don't <laughs> think anybody like made that up or forged it you know it you okay. see the you can barely make out the little trade value chart at the top of the of the page mm-hmm. um so it looks legit to me now one thing I will say about this is this tells me a couple of different things But I'm actually, as a Packers fan, I'm not really all that worried. I mean, the odds that it happens are so slim. And things like this happen all the time. We just in the public are not privy to the information. I have, you know, listened to and followed, you know, former scouts, former GMs, former front office execs and personnel, and they all say, if you could see some of the trade ideas that were proposed and discussed, it would blow your mind. And so from that point of view, it doesn't surprise me really at all because I've had the thought in my own mind. Well, yeah. Okay. We got Jordan love. So we have the future of the position secure, but wonder if like Trey Lance slips, wonder if Justin Fields somehow slips, and we can upgrade and you're you're closer to Rodgers being either retired or on another team you're you're closer to the end of his contract there's that whole dilemma going on right now the packers want Rodgers to restructure Rodgers says I want more year, years of guaranteed money if you want me to restructure so they're doing that back and forth dance Aaron's host in Jeopardy threatening to do it you know full time which I, actually I think that was an overreported story on I would love it if he did that and I think he could do it I think he could do it fine. They they can work around his schedule filming it. Like, I I don't I don't see why that's such an issue. They um, film
1: multiple weeks at a time
0: anyway. Exactly. So I, and I have a I have a buddy who lives in L.A. now. He, funny enough, he's a big time like sports photographer, videographer person. And he uh, has worked for the Rams. He's worked for the Dodgers, WWE. And he. Is a huge Jeopardy fan. So he's attended multiple screenings and he's like kind of told me how it works. Yeah, like I think each screening, like they'll do a screening in the morning or the afternoon or whatever. And you, your ticket or whatever buys you like several episodes, I think. I'm foggy on the details because I'm not a huge Jeopardy person, but he's telling me about it. And so, regardless, that was quite a tangent. What I'm trying to say is. Uh, it doesn't really concern me as like a Packers fan, or it doesn't it doesn't blow my mind or raise my eyebrows too much that this was discussed. You have to do your homework on your on the quarterbacks every year. I mean, you and this is a great example of it. The Packers have Aaron Rodgers. Uh Bill Belichick always was doing his homework, even with Tom Brady on the team. They, you know, acquired Matt Castle. They drafted Jimmy Garoppolo and Jacoby Brissett. You're always doing your homework and you're always working out deals uh, to get the terms arranged beforehand because you get 10 minutes to draft, I believe, on night one. It's less so on night two and night three. But in the first round, you have 10 minutes. So basically what happens when you're on the clock is you're fielding calls, especially if you're drafting past the 10th pick. And. You have the terms of these deals worked out well before draft night. It's then just a matter of if the team wants to wants to move back or move forward or take the player. Uh, that's what is determined on draft night. The value of the pick in the teams that could potentially come up or slide back. You have that in your head as the GM well before the the draft takes place. Because you literally, I mean, you quite simply don't have enough time to make the decision there on draft night. I mean, I know some people think it's like some Santa Magic that goes on. No, like they they figured this stuff out well ahead of time. That's why we said on this podcast that no combine in February was a big deal. These free agent mm-hmm. deals, these player-for-pick deals that go on in the offseason and draft deals get discussed. At the combine, it's one of the main places that these front office executives meet. Now, they still had these meetings over Zoom, and they still have the phone calls. I mean, the phone works both ways, and and, and the wire is good all the time, right? They can make yeah. the call, but it's not the same as when you're at the combine. So that is the, the one thing that we talked about as being more influential to having no combine this spring as opposed to the players working out, and it's exactly what this sheet has essentially confirmed. And so this custodian or whatever had taken the picture of one sheet. I guarantee you there's 20 others and, and and there's these exist for every team because you have to go in, into the the draft with as much knowledge as possible. Um, I used to have a football coach in high school. He's our defensive coordinator. he used to always break it down with a hilarious analogy, actually pretty inappropriate analogy. Now that I think (laughs) about it, But he used to always say, you know, with his scouting reports and preparation, he'd be like, you know, this team runs it on first down 76% of the time. If it's first and 10, they're going to run it 76% of the time. If it's second and short, they run it like 91% of the time. And he he would always like bring it it back. He would always like use a girl analogy. Like if I told you that there was a 91% chance that, you know, the girl was going to let you take her to the prom or whatever, you know, You would feel like you had pretty good odds, right? Well, it's the same exact theory with the draft. Like, you need as much preparation and info going into that as you can. Like, you don't want to be sitting there then at 29 and oh, shit, Trey Lance is available. We love Trey Lance. Well, let's call the Patriots. Let's see what's going to happen, and and, and let's see if we can work out a deal to get up. Oh, well, now we're haggling over fourth-round picks and pick swaps, (laughs) and I don't know. Maybe they want Jordan Love. Do we really want to get rid of Jordan Love? We haven't discussed it yet internally as a franchise. You don't have enough time to to, to compute all that, right? Yeah. I'm curious
1: who that (laughs) player is that they think might fall there that they're going to pull that trade for because – Brandon being the bills GM was on a podcast and he was talking about when they traded up to get Josh Allen, they had a deal worked out with the Broncos who I think were third, the three overall pick They were, They had a deal all worked out. They were going to do that, but the Broncos had told them there's one person we want. And if they fall to us, we're taking them. We're not trading. So then they had to call every team between there and where they ended up being able to trade up to. And that one person was Bradley Chubb who was there. So that's why the bills didn't get all the way up there to take Josh Allen. And they instead had to trade with a team between the Broncos and their
0: pick is what you're saying.
1: Yeah. And I think they ended up trading for like the number seven pick. So again,
0: that's like a, a, that's a great story and a perfect example of why you do this because you never know how the draft's going to play out and teams feel differently about different players and you never know who's going to be available in the quarterback in, in in the Packers rather do have a needed quarterback. Like maybe Jordan Love fills it. I don't think that this is necessarily indicative that they're down on Love. I think all this means is that there's a quarterback in this draft that they have a higher grade on, which I, ho- I should hope. So uh, I think another interesting takeaway that we haven't touched on yet, Tali, is the fact that the Patriots have been rumored as a team that could potentially trade up for a quarterback. Now, I don't think that this sheet of paper, whether it's legit or not, let's say, pretend for our purposes that it is. I don't think this necessarily shuts the door on them going up. I think like maybe you have a, have a grade on one, one quarterback. And if he gets taken, let's say the Patriots want Mac Jones. Well, Mac Jones could very well be available at 15. If the, if the Niners don't take him, he could be gone. So uh, just because they're thinking about moving down to 29, doesn't mean they won't move into the top 10 too. It's what makes the draft so much fun. It's why I have so much fun every year. Uh, in the weeks leading up to the draft, it's why I study the players. I just have a ball with it all, so uh, I can't wait to see what's gonna happen. I hope we get some crazy shit that goes on, and uh, it'll be really fun to watch and take in next Thursday night. So we're already getting about a week away from the draft. So, in the spirit of the draft, Tolly, let's get to your mock draft, the unveiling of the Nicholas Tolly mock draft 1.0
1: yeah you ready <laughs> for the first pick i'm ready for the first pick are you gonna throw it up on the screen or are we gonna go pick by pick here uh what would you like you're the main. let's host. go pick
0: by pick because i don't okay. want to be spoiled for the first 10 picks <laughs> and then for our visual audience we can maybe go can you control like the portion of it that we can see like can you blow it up to where you can only maybe see like five picks at a time
1: uh i think so yeah
0: Solid draft, solid show prep, Uh, <laughs> as we always brag about here on the From the 50 podcast. But uh Tali, let's hear your number one pick. The Jacksonville Jaguars have the number one pick. And if they aren't taking Trevor Lawrence, then I am going to leave the studio right now.
1: No, no shocks here. Trevor Lawrence <laughs> is going
0: number one to the Jags. Not surprising, his name has come up a little bit in the in the news cycle the last week or so. I guess he's made some comments about how he doesn't watch football on Sundays, and everybody is like got their panties all in a wad o- yeah. o- over the fact. that... <laughs> I don't know; they're making a mountain out of a molehill. Slow news week. I don't know what it is, but uh, Trevor Lawrence is the obvious number one pick, and uh, it'll just be really interesting to see how urban meyer builds the draft around him how these guys respond to life in the nfl because one point i've heard made throughout the last couple months is urban is not used to losing neither is trevor lawrence yep. they're gonna lose like nine ten games best case scenario next year right so
1: we'll see they're gonna got have to, some young guys there that aren't bad players that i mean they, i would i wouldn't totally they could like put the
0: I wouldn't totally put the light out on them going worst to first in that division if it wasn't so talented. But the fact that you have the Titans in that division, I guess the Texans are now in shambles. And what's the NFC? What's the AFC South team? I'm forgetting the Titans. Titans and and the Colts are both really good. So that's why, like, just it, it kind of doesn't really matter how good they, how much they improve this year because there's no shot, in my opinion, that they're beating the Colts or the Titans consistently and outlasting them for the division. But they could be well on their way. Uh, but but it's it is one interesting thing I've heard made about the Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence situation. Like these guys have not lost in college. Every loss they had was devastating for them. Like you need to be able to you need to learn how to deal with that defeat when you come into the pros, like you're going to lose like seven, ten, twelve 12 games potentially this fall. Like how, how do you deal with that? That's something that they never had to deal with throughout the coach of their, throughout the co- course of their professional, you know, careers. So
1: for sure. And number two, I have the jets taking Zach Wilson. Another it's not really a shock. Pretty much everyone has that one locked in as well. Yep. Number three, this is where most people say the
0: draft starts. But, I I've heard yeah. some people, I've heard some big J's on Twitter. Like I w I wouldn't write it in stone that the jets are taking <laughs> Zach Wilson yet. Like, yeah, buddy, I would Third-day like, <laughs> I, I know like it's, it's you want to be edgy and interesting and we need some drama. Up to- draft starts at three. It just does. Yeah,
1: I think the Niners are going to take Mac Jones at three. The Kyle Shanahan, the, Kind of the one full time that that he had to pick his quarterback. He took Kirk Cousins. That was the guy that he picked that he wanted. I think Mac Jones is very similar to Kirk Cousins. I think that's who that they want. But they took RG3 before they took Kirk Cousins. Yeah, but that wasn't his decision.
0: No, I know. And I know (laughs) that like half the staff wanted Cousins and half the staff wanted RG3. But he wouldn't have drafted Cousins in the first though maybe not but
1: that's still uh, that he was his taken guy. Him at like the third yeah so he, here i think he would have played kirk cousins a lot sooner as well if he wasn't forced to play rg3 so you you buy
0: into the fact then that the rumors i guess in this case is it just the fact that mac jones is comparable in style to kirk cousins is that why you believe the rumors like is it like what's selling you on them taking mac jones because wouldn't you agree that it would be one of the more egregious like draft value picks like in recent history like going back to Cleveland, farrell at four
1: overall by the raiders (laughs) there there's always just so much that we don't know as these coaches and gms talk to each other they might know that maybe the lions do have a super high grade on Mac Jones and they want to, you know, Mac Jones is the one guy that they love. They don't really care about Trey Lance and Justin Fields. And so they're going, we're going to ensure we get our guy because you can't afford to miss on it.
0: It's possible. I mean, I I think that, you know, we gave the giants a lot of crap on Daniel Jones in in the Washington football team at the time. Got a lot of crap on Haskins, less crap, but still crap. Uh, But the Daniel Jones one was big because A lot of people, myself included, did not have a first round grade on him. It's like, gentlemen, what are you doing, man? Like you probably could have had this guy in the second or third round, regardless of whether he's your guy and it's the quarterback position. I get it, but you didn't have to give up. It's a bad pick, regardless whether or not he's good or you end up being right because of the value. But you do make a good point. Like, we're not privy to all the knowledge. We don't know for we don't know because it didn't happen. Like we don't know for a fact that Mac Jones would not have been scooped up in the first round. I mean, because if you do then sit and play the long game, maybe it pick 29, the Saints get him. Maybe the Pats trade up for Daniel Jones. Maybe a team that is a little bit higher on him says, we know the Giants like this guy. We know they're going to take him eventually. We're not letting him do that. We're going to sc- scoot in front of him and grab him. Maybe the Packers would have done it. You know, like yeah. y- you don't know, you don't know what can happen in this draft, anything can happen. So if you do have a high grade, take them. I just feel like to me, it, it would be such an overreach uh, because you didn't need to get up to three. Let's say even if you wanted to get into the top 10 or you wanted to pick Mac in the first round, you were picking, what were they picking, ninth overall? They were at 12. They were at 12 initially. Yeah. So yeah. let's say you want to get into the top 10. Like, Why wouldn't that, again, be like a trade you work out early on in the draft because he's not going top three. There's no chance that uh, the Dolphins were going to take him or the team that was trading up was going to take him. It was going to be a trade-up for Justin Fields, most likely, or potentially Trey Lance. But it sure as fuck was not going to be Mac Jones. Pardon my language. My grandpa has been watching the show the last couple of weeks, and he says I swear too much. So I'm trying to clean it up uh, for 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 my G-paw. But, yeah. uh, you know, at, at – there's no way that Mac Jones is going to be the player traded up for. So that's why, to me, it just makes no sense for the Niners to take him. I'm not saying you're wrong. And I'm not saying it's not going to happen. Yeah. I just think that it's uh, it's super interesting. Also, one point we should clarify. Do, it, this is a mock draft based on what you think the teams are going to do, not what you would do, correct? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Let's
1: just yeah. get that out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> so fourth overall. So for, this was a tough one for me. I have no idea what the Falcons are going to do. No idea. I, in my mock draft, say that they're going to take Trey Lance for overall. So, part of my reasoning, I could see them taking Kyle Pitts. I could see them taking Panay Sewell, but they have Justin Fields. Notes. I think they like Trey Lance better. So, and the other part of this is you have Matt Ryan for a year. So, the big thing with Trey Lance is everyone says he's got to, you got to kind of give him that year to sit out. So, they have no backup quarterback right now. They're gonna have to cut Matt Ryan next year. They'll save 23 million against the cap if they do that. So it kind con- you have that leeway to where, okay, he can learn under Matt Ryan for a year, then we're gonna cut him anyway, and then Trey Lance can play. And then when it goes to Kyle Pitts and Panay Sewell, they do have an okay left tackle. So I don't think they really need Panay Sewell as much when you're talking about that value, that positional value and they have Hayden Hurst at tight end. So it's not like they're hurting as much in those positions as they are at quarterback.
0: It's it's interesting. I think that if the Falcons don't want a quarterback, if they don't pick a quarterback there, and you have them taking Trey Lance, I think they have to trade out. I don't think you can yeah. sit at four and take Kyle Pitts. I, just, I don't know how you justify That's, that, yeah. especially if Justin Fields is on the board, because you know the Falcons will be clamoring to take Justin Fields, who is from Atlanta, Georgia, who started his collegiate career at the University of Georgia. A lot of Falcons fans are also Bulldogs fans. This, in their eyes, is a chance to right a wrong of starting Jake Fromm over Justin (laughs) Fields and letting him go to Ohio State. Like, this is a big pick for the franchise if Justin Fields is on the board. Now, if the 49ers take Justin Fields, which I think, honestly, I think the Falcons are hoping for that because there's so, so much pressure. pressure to take fields if yeah. the niners don't take him because then what do you do do you trade out do you do you sit there and pick pick a quarterback whether that be fields or lance and i tell you what if you take lance like you have them doing and fields mm-hmm. ends up being remotely good <laughs> and especially if if lance doesn't hit oh my god the heads are going to roll and arthur oh, yeah. smith will be a, a run through the mud on his way out of Atlanta, because it's just such a defining pick. And when you add the hometown element, man, I don't know how you can stick it for, I also don't even think that I think it's going to be really hard for them to just not pick Fields straight up. If he's available at four, like even if you trade out with Justin Fields, there on the board, I think it's a little bit easier to accept, but yeah, it'll depend oh on their
1: return. And that's, I guess the other caveat we can end here that we can put in here is I didn't do any trades or anything like that. Like I just picked it as if everyone's staying the same, which we know is not going to happen. Right. 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 So I, I think mine's going to have trades as it did last year. But
0: uh, it's, a, it's a good point. It's like once you get to this point in the draft, one player, one domino falls a okay. certain way and it rearranges the entire puzzle. So for sure. Uh, I think what the Niners do at three is obviously super intriguing. It's really the first intrigue of the draft. You just got to watch the first two picks to make sure nothing insane happens. But uh, what the Niners do at three, I think it's going to be shocking no matter what they do. If they take Fields, it's going to be shocking. If they take Jones, it's going to be shocking. If they take Lance, it's going to be shocking. No matter who they take at three, it'll be shocking.
1: Or they really blow this whole thing up and go, we know we said we were taking a quarterback, but we're not going to. We're going to take this other guy instead. (laughs) We're taking
0: Kyle Pitts.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Could you imagine him and George Kittle on the field at the same time? San Francisco would riot. They would riot. And that would be also extremely unfair. So
0: let's move on. So we got... Uh, Mac Jones at number three, third quarterback off the board. Then you have Trey Lance at number four, four quarterbacks in the first four picks. We get to number five with the Cincinnati Bengals, who will not be taking a quarterback this year. Tali, this is the best case scenario for Cincinnati. They got Panay Sewell. They got Jamar Chase, and they got Kyle Pitts to choose from. Who'd you give them?
1: I gave them Penesul. I think it is absolutely criminal if they do not get somebody to help out that offensive line in Joe Burrow. You saw what happened to him last year. Him just getting killed over and over again. You have to protect that guy and get him some sort of help on that offensive line. There's a lot of forbidden
0: fruit tempting Cincinnati, though, Tali. I mean, you get the chance to put Jamar (sighs) Chase back with his college teammate and Joe Burrow, where he had such amazing success. You have the chance to take the best tight end prospect ever and put him on the Bengals.
1: They just signed Moss, his college teammate who also plays tight end. That's fine. Take the tackle and keep the guy alive. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I don't disagree with that. and I, It felt like all offseason that was the Bengals' plan, and here we are. It's feeling like their their selection is going to have a little bit more options than I think maybe they thought at the beginning of the draft process. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do at five. Uh, I don't think it's a spot where you can really mess it up. I think you yeah. can go Jamar Chase or Kyle Pitts over Sewell, and nobody's going to kill you for that. But I, I do kind of agree I don't think they're going to take Jamar Chase because they picked T Higgins with an early second round pick last year. I think they kind of view him as their young wide receiver who they obviously think a lot of. Turned it on at the towards the end of the season. I remember we actually read his stats on the show like a month ago trying to figure out how successful of a rookie year. Yeah, he he had, had over 900 yards, almost a thousand yard receiver rookie yeah. year. Brandon Allen was throwing to him for like the second half of the season. He's he's a good receiver. I think he flew under the radar. Like if you're looking for like an eighth round sleeper in uh, your fantasy football drafts, T Higgins, look him up. Yeah. Uh, because I think if, especially if they do take Panay Sewell, which I'd expect them to do, don't sleep on Rayshon Slater. Also, uh, first tack off the board last year was Andrew Thomas out of Georgia, not Tristan Worfs, not Mekhi Beckton, not Jedrick Wills. It was Andrew Thomas. So don't sleep on, uh, Rashon Slater, who I know Daniel Jeremiah has ranked higher than, uh, so at least last time I looked, I could have flip flopped it by now. But uh okay. so let's go to uh the back half of the top ten here.
1: Pick number six, I believe that is the Dolphins off the top it of is. my head. Is that correct? It's the Dolphins, yep, from their trade with the Eagles. I have them taking Jamar Chase. Wow. See so I, I personally believe if the board falls the way you have it, there's no
0: shot they take uh Chase over Kyle Pitts. No. I just I mean, think they, the way that Brian Flores and that team thinks they'd rather have the tight end and the and the best
1: player over Jamar they, Chase. But have I, again, it's a pick where guys, I don't think
0: they can go wrong.
1: They have Gasecki and some guys at tight end that are already pretty good. I think they need more help outside. So I think they if they do, get Jamar Chase to play outside, then that helps their offense more as a whole. Kyle Pitts can play outside. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he could in college we'll see if he can in the pros they
0: they do have you know a couple of tight ends and i've heard that before but as somebody that had mike Isecki on his fantasy team last <laughs> yeah. year they never used him miss. he was a red zone guy they hated him between the 20s they had what did they have durham Smythe? i think that they had uh the old chicago bears tight end that they stupidly drafted in like the third round several years ago Adam Shaheen is his name. Uh, they they use like four or five different guys. So like to me, that tells me that that while they have several players, they don't really like any of them. And I just think in the draft, Flores would, would really like to have a good weapon. And I think he's probably going to go best player available. Like the Bengals, I just don't think that the Dolphins can really go wrong here. Because let's say even, let's say for example, Pitts and Chase are off the board. Take Sewell. Like, you could use a tackle. You got Austin Jackson last year. Take another bookend. Keep two upright. Build the line. That's how you win
1: Super Bowls anyways. For sure. All right. So at seven, the Detroit Lions, I have them taking Justin Fields. That's where I think he comes off the board at. It's been a popular mock spot for him to go to,
0: to Detroit. And I think Detroit is jumping up and down, doing cartwheels. In uh, the the war room, if they're able to land one of the top QBs, uh, if they're able to land one of Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, I think you're absolutely doing cartwheels. If Which, you take Mac yeah. Jones, I think I, I don't know. Maybe Lions fans are still excited just because you got depends on how you feel. He's just a very polarizing player. Like half <laughs> yes. the fan base is gonna be like, "Are you kidding me?" And then the other half of the fan base is gonna be, like, "Yes, we got Mac Jones." <laughs> yeah. So. But if you get Justin Fields at seven, they're doing cartwheels and dancing and feeling like they're going to win the division for 10 years straight.
1: Yeah, at eight with the Panthers, I have Rashawn Slater going. That is one of their, probably their absolute biggest need bar none, is tackle. So I think and whoever it is, th- if it's him, Sewell, whoever, they're going to take him. Rayshawn Slater. So I, I'm like partway through making my mock
0: draft. It makes so much sense. Like, if, yeah. it just makes so much sense. Like, the way we know the board's going to fall, how we, how we, it, I feel like it's not so cemented the top skill guys that are going to go. But it feels <laughs> like it's going to be Sewell, Chase, Pitts. Hey, that's like the top three non QBs. And then you get to uh, an area where you can maybe see a defender come off the board or something else. But uh, at at number eight, it feels like it's basically a decision for the Panthers between tackle and corner. And, Mm I think you take Rayshon Slater over Patrick Sertan ten times out of ten. I think Slater's probably yeah. the better player uh, as opposed to Patrick Sertan. Plus, again, he fills a bigger need. You have to, you know, protect Sam Darnold and try to start again building that line. So, uh, Rayshon Slater, guy, that just feels like a no. Feels like
1: a no brainer to me. <laughs> yeah, and this is the hard part for me with Kyle Pitts is I think like in this range is where a lot of teams are going to be super tempted to take him, and it is going to be that we have a very glaring need do we get the best player at our biggest need or do we take the best player available kind of thing
0: yeah and i and i di- I, I will say i think again if if Pitts is on the board at 7 for the lions that's it. i'd consider it if yeah. if i'm the panthers i consider it um if i'm the dolphins i absolutely take him but uh if, if he starts sliding i mean you have to reevaluate your draft strategy at that point then and say all right, do we want Kyle Pitts? Like this is a potential hall of fame talent here and all of a sudden we're on we're on the clock and he's on the board.
1: Yeah. So at 9 with the Broncos, I have them taking Micah Parsons. They desperately need linebacker help. They already have Noah Fan at tight end. So I think they resist the urge and take Micah Parsons. Who are their linebackers? I was
0: trying to figure that out the other day, and I guess maybe that is the the biggest advocate as to why you take Micah Parsons. The only thing with the Broncos is they really do need a corner. They could use another tackle, but they really do need a corner or potentially a quarterback. They're a team that I could see trading up for a Lance or a Mac Jones. Um But... You can't go wrong with Micah Parsons, man. This guy is absolutely yeah. insane. I've been watching him in the Big Ten for two or three years now, and I I knew he was going to be a first-round pick from, I don't know, first, second game I watched him. It was just so obvious. He flies around the field. Th- different teams have different emphasis on the linebacker position. There are teams like the Eagles and the Packers that couldn't give a crap about the linebacker position they don't invest in it at all uh and then there's certain teams that really you know think that it's a key part of the defense and they do invest in it like the 49ers for years have always just they haven't necessarily invested high picks in it but they've always seemed to fall into linebackers like they got fred warner now at a byu in the third round i think he's maybe the best linebacker in the nfl uh Before that, they had Mitch Borland, the guy out of Wisconsin that retired early, Navarro Bowman, Patrick Willis. like They always seem to fall into guys. But I think nowadays, I don't buy the whole linebackers aren't important thing. I hate that the Packers' philosophy seems to be disregarding that position as a whole. It costs them more yards than if they had a guy like Micah Parsons or Devin Bush or Devin White or Roquan Smith, somebody that can get sideline to sideline and be a playmaker in the middle of the defense. It is hugely important to having a, a solid top 10 unit uh, in today's NFL. It's just th- the type of player has changed. But the position is still hugely, hugely important, in my opinion. So
1: so the Broncos linebackers, they have Chubb and Von Miller. Li- they're listed as re- linebackers. Yeah, they're edge guys. But really, they're edge guys, yeah. So there are two that are kind of in the middle are Alexander Johnson and Josie Jewell. Josie Jewell out of the University of
0: Iowa was picked, I think, in the Third round last year or two years ago. I can't remember which year yeah. he came out. He has impressed, like he's done, he's done well for them, but he's like, he's not even close to Micah Parsons level. It's no. Just the level of athlete Micah Parsons is, he's exactly what I'm talking about. He is the physical embodiment of Fred Warner, Devin Bush, Devin White, Roquan Smith, like the modern day linebacker that runs, covers, hits, blitzes. He does it all. You can't go wrong with Micah Parsons. I, I it, think it is gonna be.
1: If you it's, can It add, just is tough to the, take a
0: linebacker over a corner. I mean, because you yeah. could have the number one corner in Patrick Sertan also, who looks to be a, a lockdown corner.
1: <laughs> but you can't go wrong with Micah Parsons either. I think you just... Yes. If you add Micah Parsons, Devon Miller, and Bradley Chubb, I, that defense is going to be pretty good. Pretty good front seven. It, it, yeah, it takes a lot of pressure off your corners because those guys are going to get there quick. Yep, absolutely does. So at number 10 to the Cowboys is where I have Kyle Pitts going. To the Cowboys. Oh my the gosh. Cowboys. So that has been a
0: rumor of Jerry Jones is making, correct? They I I have seen a report that uh, the Cowboys
1: like Kyle Pitts. I I actually haven't seen any reports about it. I just felt like it's a Jerry no pick. way he could, <laughs> Yeah, it's a Jerry pick, there's no way he's going to go farther down than 10. Even if He's at 10. Somebody's trading up with the Cowboys to get him at 10. So, I, I, you know what's funny? I was literally
0: listening to a podcast a week or two ago, and they were doing a mock draft, and I think they were maybe trading picks, or they were doing something. And this guy had Kyle Pitts fall into 10, which his co-host was just razzing him about, kind of like I've done to you. (laughs) But... uh. He went. To, he finally chose him ten of the Cowboys. He's like that. Maybe makes the least sense of all. But he did acknowledge the fact that that offense you you did just give Dak Prescott a huge extension. Now you need tackles. You need offensive linemen. There is a drop off though between Sewell, Rashawn Slater, top two tackles, and what I believe is probably like the third best tackle in Christian Dariusaw. And then you get down to like Jalen Mayfield, Tevin Jenkins, and then there's like the mid to late first round guys. But That offense is straight up unfair if you add Kyle Pitts. like, There's no reason they can't score 30 a game with Amari Cooper, Zeke Elliott, uh, Michael Gallup, CeeDee Lamb, Kyle Pitts, and the fact that you're not going to be able to re-sign some of these guys anyway. So keep bringing in the talent. Your core in like two to three years now becomes CeeDee Lamb and Kyle Pitts. Gallup is probably going to be gone. Cooper's probably going to be gone. And Zeke will probably be gone. And it'll be Tony Pollard in the backfield. So... It's never a bad idea to draft good players and bring in talent. And I think that that's what free agency' for. Draft for your need and free agency. If you have Kyle Pitts as the best player and, and it's, you do have to take positional value into effect. But if you have Kyle Pitts as the clearly best choice, Take him. Don't just take a tackle or a corner yeah. just to force it. Again, I think it would be really hard to pass up on Patrick Sertan. They just lost Shadobia Wouzier, did they not, in free agency? I think he went to the Bengals. So uh, they do have a need at corner. They have kind of, their corners have just walked out of Dallas the last couple of years. Byron Jones and now Chadobia Wouzier. But at the same time, I could not fault them for taking Kyle Pitts. So well, for these next five picks, Tyler, let's go 11 through 15. What you got?
1: All right, so I'm going to share this, too, for those that are watching. So 11 to the Giants, I have Patrick Sertan. 12 to the Eagles, I have Devonta Smith. 13 to the Chargers, we have Trayvon Morig. 14 for the Vikings is an edge guy in Quidi And 15 to the Patriots is Jalen Waddell. So off the bat here, interesting that you have the Giants going defense.
0: Most people think the Giants are going to go offense. They think that they're going to take a playmaker. Devonta Smith, Jalen Waddell, that's been popular mock choice to them. But this is a team in New York that kind of hung its hat on running the football and playing defense last year. They uh, had James Bradbury, which turned out to just be a home run free agency signing from, from the Carolina Panthers. I didn't think it was a good signing at the time. He absolutely played up to it. And uh, got to give Dave Gettleman credit where credit's due. I feel like that guy is a roller coaster. He does yeah. moves that make absolutely no sense, and if it, it, it turns out that way, then he does moves that make no sense, and ter- and he looks like a freaking genius. So he, I don't know what, what to make of, of old Davey G. I still tend to think he's a bit of a village idiot. But uh Patrick Sertan to the Giants at eleven. Again, not a bad pick. That's a guy I think that'll probably go before eleven. And if you're the Giants, you see him there at eleven. Kyle Pitts uh off the board. Jamar Chase off the board. Top two tackles off the board. Yeah, let's take the top corner. I mean, you can't go wrong there. um Eagles at twelve for Devonta Smith. I I wonder if they'll take a wide receiver in the first round two years in a row. I do have my doubts about that, especially when their defense has been so bad and their offensive line has been so bad. I think that the Eagles would love to draft Patrick Sertan. I think that they would love to draft potentially J.C. Horn, uh, depending on how they feel about the injuries. Maybe even Caleb Farlett's a little rich for me, uh, but yeah. if they cleared him, whatever. Uh, but Devonta Smith is is a, a wide receiver that feels Philly to me. Like yep. He feels like he'd fit into that offense and what they try to do there. Uh, you could do some interesting stuff with Let's, with Jalen Hurts yep. and Devonta Smith. So, uh, don't hate that at all. Um, and again, I think like you get to this ten range at least in your mock. I mean, even up to nine with the Broncos, it's like well, I'm just taking the best guy. I'm gonna take Michael Parsons. I'm gonna take Kyle Pitts Sertan, Devonta Smith. Like I, I don't sure. think that there's anything wrong with that. Now, I like think you have another best player available situation <laughs> with the Chargers and Trayvon Moring. This is, I think, the highest I've ever seen him mocked, but. You have Derwin James, who's coming off an ACL injury. Mm -hmm. You have uh, a quarterback that I think could use some help. I think they'd love to draft an offensive lineman. I think Christian Derrissaw would make a lot of sense to them in this spot. But I don't know what their draft grade is on him. I do know that Trevon Morrig is clear-cut the best safety in this draft um and you can pair him up with Derwin James you did lose Casey Hayward in free agency so you could continue building that defense which just has a ton of players the chargers have done a really good job and this i think would fit their gm strategy over the last 5 years of of hitting doubles um they yep. they don't try to like hit these Hall of Fame home runs, like at pick 20 or pick 13, right? In this case, it's like, Trevor Morgan's a solid player. He's going to start in the league for 10 years, 8 to 10 years. Mm-hmm. If he stays healthy, his talent level is just there. He can cover. He can play down in the box. I I got, honestly, tired or bored watching him <laughs> as the robber safety just clock guys running over the middle. I mean, it just it literally got boring. So, uh Trevon Moore at 13 is not a bad idea. Vikings feel like it's almost a a sure bet. They're going uh, defense, either corner or edge. Uh, I think almost every mock I've seen has them taking an edge guy, which fits Zimmer and what they're trying to do. They know, too, that when their defenses were at its peak, yes, Xavier Rhodes played a huge role and having him was huge. But it was Everson Griffin and Daniil Hunter and Linval Joseph and that pass rush that they created. Anthony Barr, too. Eric Kendrick's coming on Mike Blitz's. Like, they won at the front seven and at the point of attack. And so I think that the Vikings are absolutely going to be looking at one of these edge guys because it looks like they're going to have their pick of the litter. I really don't see. I'll be surprised if an edge guy goes before 14. I really will. I think they're going to have their choice between Jalen Phillips. Quidi Pay, Gregory Rousseau, uh, Jason Owe. Like they, I think they really are going to basically be able to, hey, whatever guy you have the highest grade on, go ahead and draft him. I think this could easily be Jalen Phillips here. It, again, he's a guy that's like, they all have questions like Quiddy pay was misused at Michigan. Therefore his production's not that great. Jason Oway, physical freak, literally zero like borderline zero college production. Uh, Jalen Phillips legitimately retired from football in 2019 because of concussions. You really want to draft that guy in the top 15. Gregory Rosso did not play last year. So like yeah. it, th- there's risk with all of this, but I do think that the Vikings are going to take an edge in this situation. Tali, I could see them taking a corner like JC Horn. I think is he's going high. Uh, I I, w- I was hopeful that the Packers were going to be able to take him <laughs> once upon a time. No way. Uh, he's going way high. I think that Mike Zimmer, you know, he loves drafting corners. Uh, and Jeff Gladney, Mike Hughes, Trey Waynes, the list keeps going on and on. Mackenzie Alexander, first round corners. Uh, Mackenzie w- wasn't a first round corner. I don't believe, but, uh, I think he'd be, he'd be hard pressed to pass up on JC Horn and then 15 Patriots, Jalen Waddle ton of sense. Make, just yeah. makes a ton of sense. Uh, you got Nikhil Harry, who I think is coming along. I think get him a quarterback that could that could get the ball to him. He I think just basically fits right into the Julian Edelman role, and yep. he's just such that, a
1: such a tough exactly guy. That's exactly why I put him there.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's, he's such a tough guy. Played through the injuries. I I think that that would. I mean, I think that watch out. Jalen waddle next year if if he end, ends up in new england
1: so let's Which go I, uh 16 through 20 sorry did i cut you off were you gonna say something no i was just gonna say i kind of feel like i'd be really surprised if the patriots stayed here at 15 i feel like they're going up or down somewhere uh yeah bill really normally does move there.
0: around right i mean Tally, yeah. you would know better than
1: me but he doesn't he likes to bounce around in that first round i think they have the most draft trades since he's become their coach than any other NFL franchise, especially at the time bill, bill is such a value guy. And I think yeah. it
0: infuriates the fan base to a degree <laughs> because he's really not that good at drafting. Uh, he does, he, but he gets value. He get, he does yep. get value. Um. So th- what was more interesting last year was that he did stay. He just stayed put and picked last year. So yep. uh, I, I'm kind of with you. I I feel like they're going to move. They're going to do something. They're either going to slide back. They're going to slide forward. they they ain't picking at 15.
1: So at 16 to the Cardinals is where I have J.C. Horn going. 17 to the Raiders is Christian Derrissaw. 18 to the Dolphins, I have them taking an edge guy and Jason, however you said his last name.
0: <laughs> I Yeah, I, I, it's O-Way. I O-way. had to look that one up. I yeah. listened to enough analysts say his
1: name. <laughs> I Now I know it. At 19 to the football team, I have them taking a tackle in Tevin Jenkins. And then at 20 to the Bears, I have them taking a corner in Greg Newsome.
0: Hey, how about that? A little hometown love for the Chicago Bears again. Greg Newsom, the second at a Northwestern there. You just drive right up a Lakeshore Drive there, and you're you're at Soldier Field. So uh, at 16, I think the Cardinals again are doing jumping jacks. They have a neat at corner, and if JC Horn falls to them at 16, yeah. uh, Steve Kime, run the card in, run the yeah. card in, my man. Uh, Raiders at 17, Christian Dariusaw. I can't remember did they trade they have Colton Miller but did they get rid of their other tackle Rodney Hudson was the center but I I think Kalichi Osmele is he on the team anymore
1: I don't think so I, that whole offensive line is destroyed they don't I got saw a report today Richie Incognito said he's not retiring but they don't know what he's doing that it, they're they in shambles need an offensive lineman at this point so they're in shambles. They, they're a team too that it.
0: honestly they it, they cover up some warts and they ha- they do have some talent, but the cupboard is kind of bare. Uh yeah. maybe that you get a quarterback and you get some impact players and it makes that it raises the level of everybody around them. But like Henry Ruggs, I feel like you can't even put a good eval on his pro career because I don't think that it's really fair to judge him in that offense with what he was given and the way that that it ran. He got Derek Carr trying to throw deep balls to the fastest, <laughs> one of the fastest wide receivers in the league. It just makes no sense. So yeah. I think the Raiders could really use a linebacker. Their defense is slow as molasses, and it has been for a long time. And like their last first-round pick on D, well, they took uh, the corner out of Ohio State, right? Like last uh, year. Yeah. I remember that was one of the worst first-round picks I thought of the draft. Cleveland Furrow was not a top-five <laughs> no. pick, uh, so like the, you're not getting any faster. They spend these picks, but they haven't really been the right ones. Jonathan Abram looks like he has talent. That was a shocker at the time, though. Too mm-hmm. guy can hit. Don't think he can really cover. We if you watched Hard Knocks, a it guy was cover. a little immature, kind of annoying. Yeah. Like I, they definitely need some help on defense. I I think. But uh, you can't go wrong drafting a tackle either. And I think that this is like the end of Christian Darasaw's range. I think he's going in the teens, potentially early teens. Can maybe even go as high as like nine or 10. Um, but he, that's his range, like 10 to 17, 18. That's about where I see Christian Darasaw. Uh, the Dolphins taking an edge guy in Jason Oway. I think it's a little rich for me. Uh, I think he's more of like a back end first round player uh, or second round player. But. Uh, you take you take a. This would be like a home run swing pick. You're betting yeah. on the physical tools. They do need a pass rush. They don't have anybody to rush the passer, so they really need some. Really help. got rid of Kyle Van Noy now. Yeah, so I mean, they really, really have a pass rushing need. So that is one thing that I think the Dolphins could potentially. This has been a slept on, I think, position for them at this spot. A lot of people have them going offense. Let's build up Tua. Let's, you know, spend some picks to, to build up the line. Let's make, I've seen running backs mocked here. Uh, But I, I, I don't hate Jason Oway at 18, I guess. I, it's just more of a positional thing, I guess, at that point. Yeah. Uh, Washington football team, don't sleep on them getting a quarterback uh next week. I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> I think they could, I think they could trade up in this situation. I think that they could be one of those teams to keep an eye on, to get into the top 10 if one of these QB starts to slip, but. Tevin Jenkins is a good pick. Uh, he's a solid tackle. One of the more popular players mocked to the Packers. I, I really like Tevin Jenkins. I think he is a hard-nosed football player. And I think he's going to be a good one. So uh, a true tackle, too. Like, you don't have to worry about kicking him inside the guard. Greg Newsome uh, would make a nice tandem with Jalen Johnson outside for Chicago. Uh, I think that I've seen safety mock to them a couple times. Bears got a lot of work to do. So I think yeah, just do. taking... It's less about positional at this point. Like, just take a good player. Just don't just take a good player, one that you're going to pick the fifth year option up on that you're hopefully going to extend. Just take a good player. That should be the Bears' mission this year, as is with everybody, but like, especially the teams that are farther away that aren't competing to win a Super Bowl, just take a good player. So let's go 21 through 25.
1: So 21 to the Colts. I have them taking an offensive ta- tackle and Jalen Mayfield. 22 to the Titans, Rondell Moore, a wide receiver. 23 to the Jets, linebacker Jeremiah Owusuwa. 24 to the Steelers, corner Caleb Farley. And 25 to the Jags, a safety in Elijah Molden.
0: Elijah Molden, I'm so high on him. Uh, I'm higher on him than basically everybody else. Uh, But the Colts getting alignment, that that feels pretty... uh, why could, why is the GM's name there escaping me right now but that that feels pretty on brand for them. And uh, what team the name that has to replace Anthony Costanzo? Yeah. Uh Rondale Moore to the Titans is interesting. They've taken a shot on some of these gadget guys in the past and it hasn't necessarily worked out and Rondale Moore is not a gadget guy. He is a really good receiver. Not entirely sure uh what the Titan... I I, I don't think that they go first round receiver here. Uh, because they have AJ Brown, and because they're a run first team, anyways. Like I think they'd rather uh replace the the tackle that they drafted last year, that kid out of Georgia that they had to cut. They'll uh, have
1: Taylor Lewan coming back to replace him this year. Do though. have
0: Taylor Lewan? So, they, but they do have a hole at right tackle, I think. So I think that's a spot for them to, to potentially take an offensive guy. They need to start rebuilding the secondary, too, because that is where they had these top 10 defenses. They had Logan Ryan. They had some really interesting pieces. Malcolm Butler got, I think, DFA'd. Uh, that's a baseball term. Got yeah. released. Uh, <laughs> Malcolm Butler got released. Dory Jackson, I don't think, had his option picked up. I think he is actually gone, too. Uh, if if I'm not mistaken, so they really need some corner help. I could see them getting a corner here, uh, absolutely. But they could go in a number of different directions. So um, Rondell Moore, though, feels like a bit of a luxury pick for them. The Jets taking Jeremiah Osuoromo. He's by far and away, I think, the second best linebacker. Uh, I, I actually I won't I actually won't say that because I think he, there's an argument to be made that Zaven Collins is better. Uh, just kind of depends on what you like. Jeremiah Kormo is comped. To uh, like Derwin James. So he's a, he's like a safety linebacker hybrid. He can really cover. He can really move. If you're the Jets, so this is like a Isaiah Simmons pick. You got to know what the F you're doing on defense if you're going to use him. Like you cannot be totally ignorant. You can't just like line him up at Mike. I mean, it's not right. going to work. Then you, it's going to look terrible. It's what the Cardinals did with Vance Joseph. Like they had no idea what they were doing with Isaiah Simmons. The guy is a physical freak <laughs> of nature. They, that, the, not many of him come around, but, uh, so, so the jets just have to make sure that they have the, the defensive structure in place. They have to have a purpose for what he's going to look like in the defense. When you draft him, Jack's getting Elijah Molden. Uh, it's interesting. It's interesting. I, I wouldn't shut the door on that. It's just, it, again, Jags, take good players.
1: All right, 26 through 30, Tolly. So at 26 to the Browns, we have Gregory Rousseau. 27 to the Ravens, Az- Azizi. 28 to the Saints, Asante Samuel Jr. 29 to the Packers, center Landon Dickerson. And 30 to the Bills is a corner. That I have yep. no idea how to pronounce his name. <laughs> <laughs> Efitu Melafonwu out of
0: Syracuse <laughs> to the Bills. I... Uh, At 26 to the Browns, Gregory Rosso, love it. Uh, They brought in Jadeveon Clowney, too, right? Yeah, so uh, So I did
1: this before that signing, by the way, (laughs) but I I, I think they still could use
0: the help. I don't, again, like people sometimes think, oh, well, you took him in free agency, so they're not going to take that in the draft. That's not why people do that. It's just that if, if I don't see an edge rusher I like, I don't have to do it. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not forced to then pick the, the fourth best edge rusher on my board when my best corner is available. That's why you sign guys in free agency. Jadavion Clowney's on a one-year deal. It does not affect you taking an edge rusher. So I think Gregory Rosso is a big uh, home run swing. Like, uh, it's a risk for sure, as are a lot of these edge rushers. Aziz Ojolari to the Ravens then, uh, the pick after. He feels like a, ra- he feels like a Raven. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> The way he plays, like I don't know if you got uh, much of a chance to watch George Tali, but he 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 would fit in well in Baltimore, I think. Asante Samuel Jr. going one pick ahead of the Packers. I hope to God if he's there, the Packers trade up in front and don't let that happen. <laughs> uh, but he he's a corner that I I do like him, but I've I've seen, seen him get burned a couple times too, so uh, I, I think the there's a bit of a risk. Either. I don't think he's in the same class as like. Greg Newsome or JC Horn or even Caleb Farley. Um Landon Dickerson of the Packers coming off uh, reconstructive ACL surgery. I wouldn't mind seeing this to be honest. I think he's such a good guy. Like all reports so that he's like an amazing teammate. You could see it when uh his teammates, you know, were all on the field when he was getting carted off, and uh, just how much how well he was respected at a program that turns out pro bowlers in Alabama. This guy was a leader, so ACL or not, like as long as the doctors say you can't take him, uh, I have right. no problem taking Landon Dickerson, especially late first round. I think that the value's there. Um, and I think that's the first interior offensive lineman coming off the board, Tali, ahead yeah. of Elijah Vera Tucker. That
1: is the first one that I have coming off.
0: So then you got Fiji Malafon, who I've actually heard some rumors that the Packers are considering. He His RAS score is like off the charts. Um, yeah, He didn't have the best college tape in the world. Definitely didn't have the worst.
1: but uh, <laughs> He was at Syracuse. He didn't have much help.
0: Yeah. Well, actually, he played uh, in a secondary with Andre Sisko, who's also in this draft. Going to be a day two pick. Yeah. Uh, Cisco actually got more of the attention at the college program than uh Melifonwu did. But Melifonwu runs like four four. He's I think six foot three. He just has the physical tools and characteristics that you look for in a corner. And uh a flyer at 30 is more than fine for the Bills, I think, who already have a good defensive infrastructure. Um, that makes sense for them. So look, let's get the they-
1: final two picks. Yeah, I'll just touch on the bills a little bit more like they desperately kind of need that number two corner so that they can move Levi Wallace inside. So that would help out their defense tremendously.
0: Did Levi Wallace play the nickel earlier on
1: in his career? I believe a really good
0: nickel back. Maybe they lost him, but yeah, uh...
1: they've lost some people and then like they were having to, Play like, two Josh years Norman, ago, I remember they had, like,
0: and... this elite Nickelback who I'd never heard of. He did not come from a very high stature, but he was just killing it. He was grading out at, like, 85 at PFF. He was doing really well. Yeah,
1: I'm not sure. Um, I don't think it was Wallace. I think it was somebody else.
0: But, uh, that yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. So, um, do you think that that's their biggest team need, probably?
1: Yeah, I think so. What else? Uh, I'm trying to... Let's see, let me get over here where I had some other stuff. I mean they could obviously use edge. That's another big need for them, but I don't know as though. You they got AJ really Epinesa. That's <laughs> one guy though. <laughs> they need some more help there. Uh and I I mean you can always use more wide receivers. I know there's been a lot of mock drafts having them take one of the running backs here, but I think you take the corner over a running back at this point.
0: Well and you know, they clearly are a running back by committee team. They don't want a big-time yeah. running back salary on the roster. They want to split the carries between Zach Moss and Devin Singletary, and that's how they're going to do it. And in in, in this yeah. draft or next year's draft, they're going to take another guy in the third round or the fourth yeah. round or the fifth round, or they're going to have a UDFA, and, and that's going to be a part of the passing game. Like That's how they're going to play it, and I don't think it's bad strategy at all.
1: No. So at 31 to the Chiefs, I have linebacker Zavin Collins, and at 32 to the Buccaneers, I have defensive lineman Aleem McNeil. So uh, the Chiefs get a linebacker. They got William Gay in the third
0: round of last year's draft, who is basically not... W- yeah, I think it was William. Guy, the guy's last name is Gay. He <laughs> came out of Mississippi State. He would have been a first-round pick if it wasn't for off-the-field stuff. Shocker, Andy Reid and taking a guy with off-the-field issues. Okay. Uh, so if you paired Zaven Collins up with him, look out. Uh, my comp for Zaven Collins is literally... I'm not saying he's going to be this guy, but my comp for him was Brian lacquer. You do not see linebackers that are his size that move and are as athletic and smooth as he is. He's like a big old school throwback, six foot four linebacker, but he moves. Maybe not quite as good as Jeremiah Usukormo, but he holds his own in coverage and he knows what he's doing. So I really love Zaven Collins. I, I was very tempted to put him above owusu Kormo because of how much I think of him. But uh, at the end of the day, I think Owusu-Koromo just like, he's such a chess piece and such a versatile defensive counterattack uh, that I think he has to go over Zavin. But the Buccaneers going d- defensive line, uh, continuing to bolster a pass rush that's already really good. It's a strategy we've seen the 49ers use to, to success. Uh Interesting that they go McNeil over Barmore. I have it like that. Um, I've actually heard. I've heard some people down on Barmore. I, I wonder if he doesn't slip a little bit. Um, I've seen him in some mocks. Some people are really high on him. I'm not. I'm just. I'm not one of those guys. I don't think he's really going to be that big of a difference maker, especially not in the pass rush. Yeah. So that'll do it. What what what, what do we have? What do we have missing, Tali? Who do we? We had Elijah Vera Tucker that didn't make it. Uh. We had the five quarterbacks go, correct? Correct. We didn't have a single running back in the first round. Uh, Rashad Bateman, Kadarius, Tony, Elijah Moore, they all do not go. Uh, After we only had, here's another thing. Uh, I think we had, what, five tackles taken? I believe so. Five tackles taken? That seems about right. One tight end taken. One interior offensive lineman taken. A couple of uh, edge guys um i'm trying to think if there's anybody else that i felt like was a lock to go in the first round that you didn't put in there nope looks good to me Uh, i think we covered it all so uh that's nick Tolly's mock draft (laughs) if you want to tell him how stupid he is you can find him on social media and you can find uh you can comment down below uh we'll maybe we'll have like a little like friendly competition Tally, between your mock draft and mine to see uh what goes what is a little like what who has like the most accuracy point like how many picks we get right
1: yeah print them out and just start marking off stuff start marking off check it check if you get it right
0: (laughs) (laughs) so uh give us a call at 904-990-FT50 to uh tell us what you think of the mock draft if you got a comment uh question uh player you want us to discuss what you want your team to do in the draft what you think? What you if you want to get our opinion on what your team should do in the draft? Uh, give us a call. You can, you can text too. It's an anonymous thing. It's it's totally uh, you know totally chill. So go ahead and do that. 904 990 ft fifty, and that'll do it for our show here today. Tali. thank you so much for making us a part of your week, and we will see you next week. I think we're going to release the uh, episode on draft day. We're going to release it early in the morning. So you have plenty of time to consume it the day of we'll be covering uh, my draft. Uh, my mock draft there, um, on, on the day of the draft, and then I think we're gonna we got some live stuff in the work for draft night, some streaming stuff, uh, like we did last year. So, uh, nothing official yet, but we'll we'll announce on social media and uh, it'll definitely be uh, in the pod next week. But that's that's kind of what we're thinking. So, thank you so much for listening to us, and we'll see you next week. It's almost draft time, Tali. <laughs> we're almost there,
1: we're almost there.